Boys and girls, welcome back to the Inspiration Space for an episode I seriously enjoyed recording with the co-founders of Burst Oral Care, Hamish Kaya and Brittany Stewart. Burst, in, in short for you guys, is the affordable subscription oral care company which has completely taken off in the US and is backed by dentist professionals all over there. It is coming over here to the UK and Europe, I believe. Um, this is when I got to actually talk to, to Hamish and Brittany. They were doing their first trade show over here at the NEC in Birmingham, which is a massive, massive uh, dental event. And yeah, it was just amazing to sit down with them. I've known, I start with Hamish. I, I've known Hamish loosely over the years. He, he's been friends of a friend um, and I've, I've met him a few times. He's an extremely charismatic and passionate chap. Uh, he, he actually rode the... Indian Ocean, unsupported with a close friend of mine, Jamie Sparks. Jamie also has obviously done the done the uh, Atlantic Ocean, and I've recorded an episode actually with him before. It's actually episode one of, of the Inspiration Space. So go back and listen to that. But yeah, Hamish is such a passionate and, and smart, charismatic guy. I, when I was doing one of my first jobs over in Farringdon in the sales job in, in tech, my God, that feels like thousands of years ago now. But yeah, I remember him. He had an office over in Farringdon, and I kept on bumping into him, and he... And I just, I just something about Hamish. You, you could tell he was just going to go far. His, his business at the time, I think, was called Rockability Kids, um, and it just didn't surprise me that he was going to go and make a, 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 be a massive deal within that sector. And it proved to to be the case as we moved over to the US and 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 um, started building Burst to where it is now. Um, Brittany, on the other hand, I never met before, and she was just equally as impressive. So smart, so composed, and and. The, you know, learning about, you know, what she does within the business was just fascinating for me to hear. Like, you know, the, their vision together was just so, so impressive for a company. Actually, it isn't, hasn't been that around for that long. How far they've come, where they're going, it was just amazing to hear. And obviously, I've got a co-founder relationship with with my best mate. Um, and hearing about how they work together so well and things that to avoid and things that they need to work on and, and just being in their presence and listening to the way they work with each other and how they want to move things forward and what's important in scaling that business up and up and up was just awesome for me. Um, I, I honestly did. It was, it was, you'll hear how funny this episode is because they kind of just go at each other in, in the best of ways. Um, but for me sitting there, I was really soaking up a lot of knowledge um, it may not come across, but I really was. I was. It was a very useful hour for me to to hear what they had to say, and I really appreciated them them coming down to speak to me. It's a real cork of this, guys. You'll you'll learn a hell of a lot. You'll enjoy it a hell of a lot because they're two seriously seriously awesome characters, and I just have no doubt that Burst is going to going to absolutely explode and revolutionise. Uh, the the dental sector, uh, I just have absolutely no doubt in that. They, they've just absolutely hit the nail on the head and they're going to carry on growing, um, producing amazing new products as, as they move forward. So guys, get into this, soak it up. It's a belter. Enjoy. Welcome, guys. Hamish, Brittany, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I've actually really wanted to get you guys on for ages. I've been to Josh about it for ages, so I thought I'd snatch you whilst you're in the UK, which I'm going to ask you why you're in the UK in a minute. But just... For our listeners, I think it'd be cool just to get a bit of context on each of you, uh, your roles at the company, and just a bit of, back, bit of background on yourself. Brittany, should we start with you? Yeah, go on, Britt. Sure. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Brittany Stewart. <laughs> I'm one of the co-founders of Burst. Uh, I serve as our chief operating officer, so overseeing the day-to-day -day operations of the business. I am originally from Chicago. I uh, grew up there with five siblings. 
And I live in Los Angeles, where I went to college and stayed and met a boy and married him and met Hamish. Which uni? UCLA. <laughs> UCLA? Mm -hmm. Is that the Bruins? That's correct. I love how you jump straight into uni. They all say college. Ever, college. No one understands my no, uni. No, yeah, he understands that <laughs> UCLA sports are, are dynastic, and that's why he knows who the Bruins are. <laughs> so, you're, so where were you from originally? Just remind me. Chicago. Chicago. The Bears. I love how I'm referring everything to America. No, uh, you are <laughs> speaking my language. I relate to everything from a sports team. So yes, the Bears. Fantastic. And your, your background before you came to Burst? Uh, so bef directly before Burst, uh, I was at a company called FineAtParts.com that I'd helped start and run. Uh, we were the largest distributor of heavy-duty truck, trailer, and tractor parts online. And then I had also been involved with a charity in LA called Thursday Nights which was designed to bring together founders and funders of tech companies and uh, create this really great sense of community and encourage them to give back. And it's actually one of my very good friends from Thursday nights who ended up introducing me to Hamish. Wow, awesome. God, eventful, loads of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Good, good, good. She goes for the sexy industries, trucking, oral care. <laughs> <laughs> That, yeah, trucking, right trucking in Oregon. Very, very, very linked. Hey, Mr. Moran. Um, yeah, go ahead, sir. Well, I am the other co-founder of Burst Oral Care. Um, I, originally English, as you can hear, moved out to America three and a half years ago to set up Burst. Background, I've had my whole life in oral care since the you age have, of 19. I know. What, what was the first? Because I remember, this is really random, but do you remember when... You were in Farringdon, weren't you? Yeah, I had an office like at the Huckletree offices, oh, which right. if anyone gets a chance and wants to check it out, now that we WeWork's not around, go to Huckletree. Yeah, and Friend you were doing minds. Rockability Kids, is that right? Rockability Kids. Jokes. I was kind of inebriated at university, didn't <laughs> want to go into the city, so decided I need to set up a company. Ended up inventing this toothbrush that self-stood, so if you like pushed it over, it would self-write. So people may have actually seen it back then, because I was very vocal and irritating as a 20-year-old <laughs> with a passion for kids' toothbrushes. So I sold that into retailers, I uh, was in Boots, Superdrug, Tesco's, and then uh, decided I didn't love fast-moving consumer goods, um, fast-moving consumer goods, and decided to go into electric toothbrushes. Uh, there was a lot more of a margin, you could move it online, and you weren't reliant on uh, big retailers taking their 40% to 50%. And that's when I went back to Asia and I sat there for around a month and a half trying to source new products. I really understood manufacturing by then. And yeah, started to find out more about electric toothbrushes. Oh God, the music's just right for me. It's a passionate <laughs> moment. And yeah, and then ended up moving to the States to set it up. Uh, when was that? How long ago was that? It was three and a half years. Three and a half years, God. And then I met Britt probably a year into that uh, through this mutual friend, a couple of mutual friends. And, uh, and you, were you originally based in LA? Yeah, I moved out to Venice. Wow. I, was, um, I was keen to get near the beach. And given that I've been here and it's rained four days in a row, mm. that was the reason I was desperate to escape. Just reminded you why. Reminded me why. So yeah, I lived near the beach, and it's kind of Silicon Valley out there, or Silicon Beach out there is what it's called. Um, and there's a load of tech companies, as Britt was describing, some funders, new companies, Snapchat obviously was based there, and a lot of the Googles, the Facebooks were all moving down as well mm -hmm. to that LA scene. And yeah, it made sense. It was just where, you may have heard of, well, you would have seen them actually, Dollar Shave Club. Uh, yes. They yes. came from a very, they came from Santa Monica as well, wow. and they're actually just down the road now, and they'd obviously done the subscription e-commerce thing with razors. Now they're doing actually quite well in the UK, I think. And yeah, it was the idea was let's do an electric toothbrush, uh, high quality, uh, low price, and put it on a subscription. Wow. And that was where the whole sort of idea came from. It's obviously morphed since then. Um, you have obviously have a passion for oral care, you two. Would you say? <laughs> uh, 
actually, so when when I started, uh, the first thing Hamish did was give me this toothbrush he had invented. And one of my best friends, his husband, is my dentist. And I went to go see Sean, and Sean was like, have you been cheating on me? <laughs> and I said, no, why would you ask? And he said, normally, this doesn't go so well for you. I have to chastise you about like flossing before going to sleep. And so I knew that the brush was really great. And since then, in the past two years, we've I've learned so much about how important oral care is to your overall wellness. And that there are so many interrelated things that you think you're having another health issue, but it's really an oral care issue. So it's been a really fun opportunity to learn uh, from the dentists and hygienists who teach us so much. So I'm actually, I think I She's could be a nerd. I think I'd now be a nerd. I was a complete nerd at sort of, by the age of 21, if I'd ended up at a dinner party at your house, I'd be looking at in your bathroom. Where did that come from? Oh, honestly, just like a like slow obsession through just learning more and more. Like once you got into it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what's gonna happen. How do I change this and improve a product? I always loved making products. And that was kind of still my main role here at Burst is to develop new products, keep them coming out. And so yeah, I just ended up becoming, these are the some bristles. Okay, these are some new bristles. What if we do change the density of these bristles? Very nerdy stuff. And yeah, became fully obsessed with just creating a better product than what was existing. So three and a half years since it started out really well, Talk that was three and a half years since I moved. Since the business moved, wasn't even established. It wasn't even, oh, right, okay. We're two years now. Two years? So we launched two years ago in August. Fantastic. So talk us a little bit through like the early developments, some of the major challenges that you kind of went through, you know, some of the early successes, maybe a couple of aha moments where you were like, oh, this, is, this, this business is really starting to take, take shape now. I think probably, origi- I mean, the original plan was to do something that was more just online, a lot of you heavy use of social media to develop this to develop a brand online, a lot of what the other guys had done in that space. Um, and then, and Britt, to be honest, she wasn't gonna be particularly interested in that because uh, she mm-hmm. just left the company. That's not that exciting. Like a lot of people are doing this, it's very competitive. What if Facebook you know, becomes more expensive as it just has yet again? You can't really build a business that way. Mm-hmm. And obviously the product was good, but it wasn't, that wasn't gonna be enough for her. And then I started to develop this community online. Basically just, I was LinkedIn-ing people. I was Facebook messaging people. I was raiding dental hygiene groups online just to try and understand more about the community mm-hmm. and at that point I ended up putting together a group of like two and a half thousand where I was like Brit you should have a look at this they they're really passionate this could be our channel they can help us develop products we can work with them they can help us market you know these are good people that we can just work with consistently and it was that that I brought to Brit was like look I think if you help me nurture this community we mm-hmm. can this can be the business the forefront of it as the channel sure. so that was kind of the big originally mm-hmm. uh-huh, like this is going to be different to a lot of e-commerce companies and obviously you're a- Currently, correct me if I'm wrong, I may be wrong, but you're only operating in America? Uh, we ship to Canada as well. Ship to Canada as well. And why do you think that it's been the best place to sort of start and is the uptake has been so good? I think there's a few things. There's the maturity of the direct-to-consumer market in the United States where we're not dually educating them on oral care and how to have things ordered online and on subscription. That's something that's become an expectation in the states and so we didn't have to overcome that hump obviously just from a market size perspective it's massive and 10 times the uk easily and and then in terms of investment in oral care i think the household investments pretty high in the united states as compared to 
almost every other country on earth. So and the English don't exactly have a reputation for their good teeth. They, they don't, do they? Mouth. Really bad reputation, worldwide bad reputation. Mm. And America, far better, is obviously the home of the Hollywood smile. It is. Mm. It is. It is. So this, this uptake. When did it? Oh, one second. What, what, what's it really? I mean, I mean, how, how big has it been, especially over the last like sort of 12, 18 months? How has it escalated so fast? I mean, I can't. I know. Well, maybe it's because I'm looking for it, and every time I go on LinkedIn, I kind of always check in and see what Josh and you guys are up yeah. to. But it's, it seems to have taken off, right? I think. It, I think if someone were to tell me like, how do you build like a success soup? Like, what ingredients? Uh, the first is capital. Right. You can't have an inventory-based business without inventory and, and the ability to ship product. So getting into alignment about raising money was really important for us. The second is your actual business model. How do you want to sell this thing, bring it to market? That's got to be unique and authentic, and, and it's got to work. The product has to be good, and our product is the best. And now it's clinically proven as ten time, up to 10 times more effective in removing plaque than a manual toothbrush. And then the fourth, I think, is, is team synergy. So if you're successful, this is hard. If you're not successful, this is hard. No matter what, it's hard. And do you have people who will keep going and work hard and really making sure you have a team that does a good job? So for me, those are probably the elements of like my success soup. Mm. And then the fifth is just a little bit of luck, I think, no matter what. Things happen in the world, and there's a little bit of timing sprinkled on it. You know, we everything did. from like how we met to how we met our first investors to the next one coming along to someone reaching out to you because they saw our, yes. one of our adverts, and then they became an investor themselves. Like things happen. There's just a little bit of that luck, and obviously, luck is like they say, like the intersection of opportunity and preparation. But having an influencer last Christmas was a really <clears throat> transformative thing for our business, and it was also just a really good time for her as a celebrity. The metrics of the Googles and the Facebook were really good and it just hit. Yeah. And I bet you if I did it again this Christmas, it wouldn't hit. <laughs> I love that, the success soup. That's yeah. such a good phrase. I've never heard that before. But I, everything you just touched on is, obviously this is a franchise model, but everything you've just mentioned really stood out and I completely agree with it so the product mainly I mean here F45 I, yep. I agree that it's the best product in, in the industry but the team aspect I find that fascinating because we've invested so much time in that and also that element of luck as well I mean I met my investor in the shower at another gym I mean it's a true story that sounds so, very mine was, that, 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 that sounds more <laughs> it's funny that but it is true isn't it like, like you said, opportunity, what you said about opportunity, that's true, but there has to be something, right, in the air that just... That you have to be doing something for the luck yes. to hit you. Absolutely. But then there's also just moments that are straight. But saying that, like, I, I must have been rejected 25, 30 times sure. for people in Silicon Beach, just like, your idea's crap, sorry about that. <laughs> it was more polite at the time. And then there was just one guy I met, as we're in a bar, still our first investor, and he happened to have been working on the Avon model, uh, wow. or Avon account, for another business, and I just asked him, I've got this idea, what do you think? And we just kept chatting, kept chatting, kept chatting, and eventually he was like, well, you know what, why don't we give this a go? I'll give you your first chunk of cash. Same. And it went from there, and so, yeah, not quite naked in a changing <laughs> room, but. He's yeah. married with three kids, I was just gonna let you know that, but like, <laughs> I mean, it's, I find that so. It's the, it, there is a randomness to it. Mm. But then I, I think as, as I've reflected upon this, it starts to feel less and less random to me in, mm. in terms of 
when you're a certain kind of person and you emit a certain kind of energy and a certain amount of honor and hard work, you tend to find other people. You find what you're looking for. You, f- you find, you gravitate toward like towards like. And, and, it's, and I have found that the more I've invested in being the kind of human I want to be, the more I keep meeting other humans that I want to be around. And, and keep them around. Because yeah. we, I mean, we proudly say that no one's ever left our employment. So um, cool, too. It's one of those things that Brittany and I, like, we do it, we feel the right way. Maybe not always the quickest way. I mean, there are shortcuts you can take where you're like, you know what, we could grow the business this much more. But if we don't believe in that as a route and we morally don't like that as a route, we won't take it, which sometimes does take us a bit longer. But it means that everyone wants to stay with us, wants to work with you, treat them with respect. Go that extra mile. And you'll go that extra mile for them and they'll go that extra mile for you and no one really wants to leave. Sintra, do you have any like? Do you have like specific values that you actually have written down, or is it just a kind of mutual understanding between the two of you? I think it just comes. I bet from you, I like, meet people together, and you're like, like you kind of like have that telepathic. Like, Ninety nine percent of the time, <laughs> we have the exact same thought. That's so funny. And then one percent of the time, we have it out. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes publicly. But it's all, in, it's all, in, it's all sort of, you know, for the good. It's like, okay, you're going to bring your sledgehammer, I'll bring my axe. Yeah, I'm just, this this I disagree <laughs> fervently on that point. And then, and it works out. And then in the end, you kind of sit there and you're like, actually, maybe you have a point. We're both willing to, you know, admit when we're just wrong. Mm. So We're also both very pro-confrontation. <laughs> Interesting. And that, like, it doesn't bother me to be in, in confrontation with him and that... We have a mutual goal, we have mutual respect, but in this moment we disagree on this point, and I'm coming to win the argument. Are you prepared for that? We're going, we're going. We're, we're it's, doing it's this. Down. I've got to give her that. She's quite a hard person to argue against. And you're tell- we're and stubborn. He's, and we he's know I'm you're just, stubborn. I'm stubborn. She's very hard to, to, uh, to argue against. I don't think she sometimes even believes the point, and she will finish this argument no, and be I like, I don't think you believe that, and then an hour later think, she'll message me. I think like, you're okay, talking fair. about yourself. I think that if sometimes you're bored, you're like, you know what? I'm just going to disagree with her because I just need a, also sometimes a the pick me up today. Fun. Sometimes so the reaction is quite fun. And it takes it. us a long way. Like you, uh, the team finds it entertaining. They're like, yeah. okay, they're actually both thinking. And you do come a lot. Mm. Like, even those times of confrontation or conflict or things we've had difficult in the business mm. has been what's actually made. We've got our better ideas. We've furthered the company every time that's happened. And I would say really one of the most proud things about what we've done is that. Mm. And every time we've had that hardship or... But Fine. then it resonates culturally, right? So I neither have the time nor the inclination to hold back. I'm I'm not looking for being like being less of myself to make someone else more comfortable. So our team watches these very, very sometimes thoughtful and quiet, sometimes very heated, but always passionately on topic. They're not like personal. And so they watch these exchanges go down and then and we move on, and we we agree to a thing, and even if it's you know one person's side or the other person's uh, opinion, if we've agreed to it, we give it full support. There's no undermining going on, mm. and that's created this culture where I truly feel that everyone who works with us has no problem raising their hand, and be like I disagree with that, and they know that I'm gonna make them. Ma- you can't just say I disagree with that. You have to say back it up. Why it, do you yeah. disagree with it? Mm. Give me win the argument, and and I'll. Go, I would and, say on the other side that. The other bit we've always said, when we bring on a new employee or someone else, we try and match people in the team, uh, whether it be a two or a three, to support each other. And I, there are some things that are outside the business, Britain. I'm like, okay, do you know what? I'm, I'm going through a rough day. Can you cover? And there's just no need. Like, of course, yeah. And you just know, tip to tap, it's never gonna, it's always gonna come back. And that's one thing we've always tried to instill in everyone within our community or our employees is like, 
support each other. Give them a ring that morning and say, you know what, I'd like to talk about something. It's not even relevant to us and the toothbrushes. And I think we've shown that from the top and been very honest with each other and with them and said, you know what, we both went through a hard time that, you know, over those course of the weeks, but we were there for each other and you need to be there for others in your team. That's very interesting. Did you both sit down and discuss this as a philosophy you wanted to incorporate within the team? No. Bearing in mind, this is, a, this is a business that has moved very fast. You've only been open two years. So, I mean, was this just something that you think came innately to you guys as, as leaders or, or did you ever... I think we decided to work together because we could both see that in each other. Right. At the I, very beginning. Yeah, I think there was an innate shared valued system. And then as we've matured, we, when you make a minor error, we have a good job of like, okay, this is how I played that wrong. This is how I will not do that wrong in the future. Because like, I'm a big fan of servant leadership. Meaning, I mean, I'm in charge because you entrust me to make the right strategic decisions about the business. But I'm not here to boss you around. I'm actually a servant to making sure you have all that you need to succeed in your role. But That's my at the same job. time, making the other feel, person feel comfortable and willing to accept that. We'll walk out of a meeting and we'll just be like, do you know what, you, you, you got it wrong there. Or like, Between each other? Yeah. Or like, or like, you know, you could have said something a little bit different and I think we would have got a quicker reaction out of that person or what exactly we went in there for. And that ability to just to share instantaneously. Or, or, or values prioritization. I think a good, a good, you know, I feel like sometimes the, I'm a little fierce. Uh, so I'll say one that you gave my way that it was really well met. We went to a big dental show and folks really come to see us. And that particular week, there had been some employee issues. There was some logistic issues. And I really zoned in on handling sort of tactical business stuff instead of being fully present at the show for people who had come to see me. People, by the way, do come just to take, we just stand there and I'll take, they take photos. Wow. And they he just said, want to talk and they want to meet you. And, and he said on the flight home, he said, you know, I, I'm a little disappointed and I feel like I get that you got to get these things done, but I wanted more from you emotionally this week. And then I, and I was really honest back. I said, you know what? It's like my gas tank was on E. At one point in time, I, I hid in my room for like an hour just to like give myself a breath because between all the people who were really energetically glad to see me, you know, him and I are similar, but we can be different, right? I sometimes struggle with, I don't really like usually if someone's in my physical space without my permission. <laughs> Hamish doesn't mind that at all. Like someone jumps up, grabs Hamish, he's okay with it. After the hundredth time of the day with that, with me, I need a minute. And I think I should have done a better job being like, I need a break. Because if one more person grabs me You've had an interesting transition. And I also there's a lot of tears. There's a lot of crying at these And I get the tears and you don't get the tears. Yeah, there's a limit to how much you can talk to someone that's a bit younger than you what, and male. So what are people crying to you about? Just before, I don't, like, want, I don't want to get off this no, topic they get, of leadership. They get over-emotional. They, over they just get emotional. And, and I, don't think, and, I don't even think over-emotional is the right word. I would say they're appropriately emotional. But what happens is that there's one of me and 10,000 of them at a show. Hmm. And so we have, we have impacted a lot of people's lives in a really positive way. Hmm. And I'm so proud of it. It's probably the most proud I'll ever be of anything in my entire life and they want to tell you about it. And we have very different vibes. And I think, I mean, the majority of our people are women, and so women feel a little more comfortable talking to me about some things that are deeply feminine or personal. Or about relationships. Or about relationships. Every time first. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful and honored that someone would give that to me. It's really humbling. 
But I don't, I don't know how much people but it's know like, about the. You should take a. You ha- I should do a better job being like you know what I've had a, like eleven of these conversations in a row. I should just go get a coffee, gather myself for ten minutes, things like that. And and he called it out, and I was honest about that. And then we talked about what do, what do we do to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Mm. And then improved sort of work schedule process. Brittany's the queen of process, queen which of process. I am not. I barely can write notes. So we've worked always quite well together on this. Front. And that's that's what my next question is. I mean, something that really fascinates me, and it has specifically over the last 14 months since I've opened the gym with my best mate. So, you know, we, we have different sides of the business. We have strengths and weaknesses, and we fill, we fill each other's gap. Like, I find it, I find business partnerships in this regard really interesting. So I would like to know you sort of like your one thought on if you were to go and find a, a co-founder you know what would you maybe this is a set maybe this is separate maybe it's a, yeah. it's, it's a it's a it's a answer that you both share what what's the one thing you kind I, of would i would actually for? start with say find a co-founder find like, a co-founder. i used to do everything so always and i had uncles friends family like you know you're really good at this side of things but you need to have a partner and okay but i'll find one eventually and then it just so happened I met Brittany, but I'd never had a partner before. Sure. Let's start with that one. I, I'll build on it. I agree that everyone, like having a co-founder mm. is better than not. And finding an actual partner, like your actual equal. Not somebody who does the same things as you, but like someone who is equal to you from a mental agility and strength perspective. Otherwise, one person will gobble the other person up. And... and and in, as and we are, have the same passions. Like you've, like well, I we, don't need to be the same person as you. No, no, but you've got to want the end result. You've got to want to do the same thing in the same way. Like we said, we will. But I also need to be like strong enough not to be gobbled up by you because you are a very stubborn person, right? Like I think, I think, and you also are stubborn as well. So am I. <laughs> and so, if I think if either of us was weaker, I think we would steamroll the other person. Yeah, I see what you mean. Then. Like flatten them. And so, to me, I think whatever that means as your equal. Well, you then have to have that equal trust, that stubbornness, et cetera, trust that they're just going to do what they're better at, and you trust that they're going to do it, and for the right reasons, and the company's going to do well as a result, and you don't need to constantly be checking on them. Otherwise, it falls apart. Mm. I think, yeah, building a foundation of trust is, I think it's actually deeper than that. I mean, it's the, I think it's, you know, when we started talking, I said, you'll spend more time with me than anyone else on earth. You got to decide if you're okay with that. Do not answer me right now. Get to know me more first. I, we took six I, months. I know that I have idiosyncrasies like, that are just unpalatable to other humans. And you have to just decide if you can. I certainly do. Uh, <laughs> and, and so you have to decide if, if you, are you, are you ready for this? This will be one of the most intense relationships of your life. And we will cross each other's boundaries. And I think another element that's really unique about us is that there's so much of our personal life infused in this business. And I think it holds us accountable. Like both of our longest friends of our lives work with us. Our families are involved. There's no hiding if you're up to something negative. Like there's no hiding. Interesting. Because they'll bring in, I'll bring in, I'll bring in the troops or vice versa. So. It's also been that, by the way, it's been an interesting relationship because I think it's done us a huge amount of favors without us without us even realizing at the beginning, we kind of have to lead from the front with our community. We're up at 25,000 hygienist dentists who we speak with like every couple of days. Brittany and I do this like live video together. And we're very different. Brittany's like my older sister and and I'm like the younger, Mm. the enthusiastic child as it were. Mm. And as a result, they they found it really fascinating that 
to a male and a female can have this like really strong close relationship and that be it and just be like best friends and work together mm. and it's kind of led from the front for for a lot of these because again they're women and I think they found it, it it was something we didn't realize at the time but it became more and more important in the business like our relationship and our public relationship which we don't fake it, it is what it is and I think that by accident really helped in but if, if it was instance. fake it, it, people see straight through they see straight through, through, it, straight yeah. through. like they can tell like when I want to punch him like, yeah. they know like, yeah. they see on my face yeah. uh, but I, it's actually hooking into what I think culturally is going on right now which is that we used to have this cult of the lone wolf egomaniac entrepreneur who's gonna make it and blah 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 mm. and yeah when you're alone and there's no one to hold you accountable and no one to bounce things off of you can get literally drink your own Kool-Aid that every idea you have is the best everyone else because they're not at your level drinks your own Kool-Aid because they have to because you're the boss and a solo boss and so we're we're starting to see some of these negative dynamics come out you know with with many very public situations with you know high growth tech companies where maybe the culture was off and the experience for the employees was not so great and and there's just a little bit of this this person will always raise their hand mm. and say, "Hey, this is not our values. Mm. Let's get back to our values." Mm. And all, and just know just knowing that that's there, I think, makes all the difference in the world. Which I'd say is relatively rare in Silicon Beach, Silicon Valley, right now. Yeah. Which would be why is that? By that? I think it because was too I, many years of them all drinking their own Kool Aid. I, so I don't think money. I don't think people are thinking about about it. So you get what you focus on on this earth, right? Sure. Like you want to have a six pack, you better work out. Mm -hmm. Like you're not just going to be like, I laid on the couch and I just hoped and prayed <laughs> one fingers. day it was there. Bam. <laughs> Woke up, got it, dreamed it, visualized Jeez, it. Yeah. And so we, we decided that we wanted to have an excellent culture. Mm. Like we decided that we decided we wanted to be a place that people would be happy to work at. Mm. And we we'd be, be proud. proud to work on yeah. ourselves. We wanted to be proud of what we'd created. Couldn't agree with you more. I think it's something that I value more than anything in this business. It's growing the team and, and putting time into them. I'm interested to hear, in terms of scaling up, which you naturally are going to, right? Like it's Not naturally. No, no. no? There's, no, there's, no there's no, like, oh, you're definitely going to be successful. Like, it's just going to well, happen. It, yeah, well, you know. When, when it's, you, now, it's now kind of expected. We're into yeah. that run where it's ex our growth is now expected. Yeah, so that, that's, that's what I meant. Sorry. Not guaranteed. Yeah. Not gar expected, yeah. but not guaranteed. <laughs> no, it's like, fine, okay. If, <laughs> if you scale up, okay, I mean, what kind of uh, paradigms will you put in place in terms of growing the team? I mean, do you, have you thought about that? I mean, you kind of, it's ha kind of happened naturally to you guys oh, you've already? Hit on, you've just hit the nail on the head for so what, this week's discussion. <laughs> the amount of whiskey we've taken down. It's like I sent one. him the questions it's in advance to ask. Uh, no, but it's something that I find really interesting because I, I think about this stuff all the time. Like, oh, it's, but, but, okay, so when we started it, quite literally was Brett and I. We were going to shows. I was carrying like banners. No, we had Brittany and Melissa. Oh, sorry, Brittany and Melissa. So there were four of us basically going from show to show, every single show, meeting new hygienists, signing people up. And then bit by bit, you obviously raise cash. We bring on more agencies. And, you know, we went from that now to we bring 12 girls to a show. Brittany and I stand there basically taking photos, meeting people, meeting everyone that we've kind of met online over the last you know, year and a half. And, yeah, what are we now? 25... So we have a very different structural oh, approach to our company than anything. I'm not surprised. Anyway. It's like a camel. <laughs> we have a different approach to our organizational design. So from a full-time employee perspective, we only have 25 
and the rest we work on an agency model. So we've got team here in the UK, team in Ireland, uh, team in India. Tech in India, uh, marketing in Southern California. So there's probably about 150 people who work on the business. Mm -hmm. Full time. Full time and and nothing else. It's just they're not FTEs. And so I think the key is deciding functionally what do you want in-house versus out-of-house. And And when that's appropriate in the the lifetime of a company. And success-based outcomes, right? Not hours clocked. So what are we trying to accomplish? What kind of team do we need? And where do we need to be in control and where do we need to back off and really let your team grow and blossom. So in the coming year, we've got a lot that we're gonna build infrastructurally around probably brand, product, and marketing. So and, and we need to bring people bring on in-house. to do that. Yeah, and bring some, and bring some, some really great some talent in. Some we just need in. more. Cool. We don't have a huge sort of executive team. And I mean, particularly me, I'm realizing I have to step more away from being involved in every part of the company. Because yeah, again, yeah. when we began, we wrote emails, did the design, helped with the adverts, approved everything, and then you have to realize actually your role's not that anymore and you need others to do it. I think because this is my them. second go and this is his first, I think there's just one thing that's different between us that I know that my presence is enough, that I don't actually need to get into the weeds, That just knowing that I'm there is enough for the team to do their job. And I think he's still learning that. Mm. That I think sometimes you don't realize how successful you are as an entrepreneur and how good of a leader you are and how good of a thinker you are and your team is going to do a good job for you because they respect you so much. I think Hamish is still absorbing and realizing. We grew that quick, all these employees now doing the role that originally Britt and I would have actually been doing day to day. As Britt says, she's done it and now I'm watching being like, but those bristles are just a little bit off. Like, <laughs> just a little bit off. And I gotta be able to step back and be like, nah, it's, it's yeah. always gonna be that way. Like I, my level of obsession, pass it on to the team, but don't overrun them, as it were. That's really interesting. What do you think your biggest difficulty is gonna be? Like, or were you, or were you, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that is interesting. I, okay, so aside from Hamish, uh, I'd say that. <laughs> As that job. <laughs> the no, I I think it's prioritization. There are it, we're gonna get to Rome. There are a lot of roads. Which road are we gonna take? And I think I've seen this classically with other companies where they there's a million good ideas and then then like ooh squirrel like another idea. It's better to <laughs> it's better to execute on your plan and then get that done and then execute the next thing. Like the best companies execute. They don't talk about what they're gonna do, they do it. And it's getting aligned as a leadership team with what that plan is. And then sticking with it Because, Because I think one of the hard, near impossible if you will, I don't think you can steer the ship and row the ship at the same time. So you either gotta be doing the thing or deciding what is to be done. And if you're trying to do that both simultaneously, I, that's where I watch people struggle. Because if you're deciding how it should be done while deciding what sh- you should do, you can get caught, you're like, oh no, that's impossible. It's like, it's much better if someone's like, this is what we're doing, figure out how to get it done. And then someone will and just do but it. But there are a lot of things that come up, especially when you're working around a lot of other very smart companies, people, and they've got these, they've tried this and it worked very effectively. You hear this is like a good route to sort of acquire new customers at a good, mm-hmm. you know, low, low price, but you still have to decide, is that actually, 
is that where we're heading? Is that what we actually agreed to at the beginning of the year? Is that going to help that cause, or is this a distraction? And at the time, it's very tempting to be like, okay, actually, well, we don't want to miss on that. But actually, what we created was a very unique business model. We've worked hard at it. It's working. Now scale it and don't get too distracted. But again, the problem is once you bring on venture money and, and people are expecting a level of growth, you you can be tempted to look elsewhere just to kind of give it a little bit of a boost when it's just not necessary and it's not going to help the company long term. And yeah, it's growth is hard. I find really this, this uh, episode is taking a fantastic turn. Um, Sorry, did you have an agenda? Yeah, no, we, not, not, we're very we hard. No, yeah, I love it. We're very it. hard no, to keep it. on track. No, I love it. No, I love it. No, no and it's, this, these are the best when they they kind of like go off on the, on the right on the right tangent. I, I'm interested to hear, and we'll kind of move on a little bit more about the product in, in a second. But I'm just just to wrap up this kind of like co-founder relationship, which I find fascinating. If you, if what do you think is the number one ingredient? For a successful founder, founding pair. Honesty. To, to honesty, honesty. 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 Interesting. Just about just uh, everything. If you lie about yeah. one thing, the person will think you lie about breaks. another. That's so true. You you have to tell yourself the truth, and you have to tell the other person the truth, and that's it. And I think and that willingness to be utterly open, because that can things that happen outside of your business can affect your business. Hearing the truth itself. is hard. For anybody, myself But you do, both need to know exactly what's going on in the other one's life as much as it becomes sort of intrusive because it will affect what they're like on a day-to-day mm. like, level. So that level of honesty is you have to be willing to like, open fully up to that person. And that can be really tough for a lot of people. Mm. Communication is yeah, super, super tough. But it's something that we actually struggled with in the, in the initial start. But you know, it's, it's something that's got a lot better and something that I definitely agree on. It has to, it has to be because if you don't have that channel, then... And again, if that involves you know, a quiet conversation over a drink or it involves like, you having it out publicly, that's what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. We've, uh, we probably have to work on us being like a little less annoying in that <laughs> we can be annoying to hang out with. And we because like, we like, we'll start at opposite sides of the room. I'm like, I'm not talking to him tonight. We're not having work. Is this is in terms of social? Like and yes, and well, you're taking teams, your team out. And they don't want to like, just talk about toothbrushes all day. And my husband's hilarious. He's like, the two of you are like rats in a maze finding the cheese, but the other person's the cheese. He's like, you guys pretend like you're not going to talk to each other. Oh no, we and we publicly state. We're like, we no, we're not hanging we're not out tonight. It. Like, we're not doing it. <laughs> not talking about work. And then like, move inch by inch closer in the room as the night goes on. And then I'm like, okay. What do you like, think about this? <laughs> and my husband's just in the corner. He's like, why fight it? Just give in. So good. You were going to do this anyway. And so I think working on being better at not getting into like our conversation vortex and spending more time with our team has got to be real. Like a, we've got to do that. Like we, we, we gravitate. Do have, we have to do that. But one of our strengths has always been that we live, breathe, sleep, the dream. I get it. Fucking but toothbrush. I or like we have to do a better job of like including people in the conversation because I think my. Yeah, but we move a million miles now because we. It's I know, so but kind it's, of in tune but, on this but one. it's not. It's <laughs> I was like, not, I know what you're going to say there, and I don't like it, but we got to consider it. Like it's this. not about us, I guess. Like, I'm, yeah. But once you get to us. a certain size, it's no longer just about the pair of you. And so we have to do like a better job of that. I would say. Mm. I'd agree. Otherwise, Hamish is going to die alone. That's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking jive. Whoa. I'm just saying, if all. Bing, bing, bing. If, if if all of our conversations are about work with each other, eventually, like at least, oh, no, well, eventually, does, I have to say, it became noticeable. Like even my my parents sat there. I went on holiday with them the first year we launched, and they turned to my brother afterwards. <laughs> then, 
let me know what was going on. He was like, yeah, they kind of decided you weren't really present. And I was like, I know I was. I was having conversations. They were like, your eyes were blank. You were thinking about something else. Yeah, you were full else. of it. Like, I'm just like, constantly thinking about something else. And it's, it has been probably my biggest strength, but also soon to be biggest weakness if it continues. Mm. Where just, I'll sit there mulling on an idea and I'm like, oh shit, I'm in the sauna. You know, not me as an investor, but you know, I'm clothed and I have an idea and it suddenly, it suddenly makes sense now in my head. But that does happen because you're constantly thinking about Can't it. Like you off. look at another advert, you're like, oh shit, that's actually what was supposed to happen. That was what I was trying to get to. And that is a strength, but at the same time, it can drive people around you insane. And I acknowledge that I can be very difficult to be around mm -hmm. as a result. So like, you're just not here. Mm. Like, and that's been the, that's been the case since day one. Do you think that has been just, the case? Or, you it, have to really or has it developed work to get worse over time? No, I think that's kind of in my personality. Yeah. It's, gotten, a lot it's, it's gotten worse and then better. <laughs> no, it's gotten worse. worse. And then you like, realize. Like, what, do you have? Do you have? Do you have a problem switching off? I don't. But I'm a little more organized. No, that's not the word. <laughs> I, I actually, um, I'm a little more emotionally compartmentalized than Hamish. If that makes sense. So I also have like a very, very strong, smart husband who's like, we're having dinner now. I'm like, you know what? Phone off. Fair enough. Yeah. Well played. Yeah. And, and. But, you know, he says it in a very like calm, just it's time to turn it off. He's yeah. like, let's, let's have a moment where you're yeah. a human being today. And I'm like, all right, fine. Mm. 15 minutes, but that's all. <laughs> uh, no, I'm very. No, then he runs you the bath, and then you're like, okay, now it's. I'm be very hour. emotionally compartmentalized, right? Like I can be spitting mad on the inside, but totally calm on the outside, and like, let's get this done. We'll talk about the feelings part of this later. It's it's just always been who I am is to be very. <laughs> Even will ring me. I get a text when like time for vent question mark. I'm like, yeah, I got ten. And then we'll just ring and she's like, I just want to vent right now. And then 10 minutes of venting. She's like, okay, I'm done now. It's clear. It's out. It's very, like emotions are very clear to me. Like yeah. they got to be burned off and then you can get back to it. So for me, I think it's a little bit innately who I am. Mm -hmm. Like I'm this self, this self, this self, and this self. And I can switch it on and off. And it doesn't mean I don't care. It's just like emotional discipline. And you're a bit more emotional. Yeah, probably a little bit more emotional. Yeah. But that, as I say, that was always my like, kind I of I actually weird. would just say maybe a little more like passionate. Yeah, but that was in the same way. Like, it sound like you're like. Uh, it, it's a trait that I think I've, I've got to say. I find you two the most fascinating duo of co-founders I've had on the show. Yeah, I appreciate by an absolute mile. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to all those before. I love I love compliments. Yeah. So, like, you can keep <laughs> I've just realised. I know. I, I will talk about it in the introduction, of course, about you know the full description of what. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of realised that some of the stuff we were saying may not make sense. Yeah, too. I'll, That's all right. I'll, we'll I'll, preamble the whole. Do, we'll tell you yeah, what to say. Tell me exactly <laughs> what to say in the intro, so everyone knows. So we'll, it will go straight into this. But talk to us a little bit about you know the product. What it is really? How many and, hours do you have? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and going, this is your kid. Yeah. This is what you've been waiting to This is you, bro. And then, kind of, you know, the state of really where it is right now in the market, and really what's going to happen. You think over the next? Well, this is maybe an arguable point, but the next twelve to eighteen months, where it's going, I'm, I'm just finding it really interesting. Top first product was an electric toothbrush. Yeah. Um, had very very soft bristles, powerful motor, it looked kind of sexy. Uh, the famous one we did was in black, and I, as I said, I'm quite good at making product, but I don't clean teeth. So I've never cleaned teeth. I'm 28 years old, and I'm listening to hygienists help me, who have come on board as part of our community, who've cleaned teeth for longer than I've been born. And so kind of the premise to making products that were always going to be a bit better was to utilize their knowledge. And if you think about it, it's thousands of years of cleaning teeth knowledge. 
And I'd say that's what makes us a particularly unique company. I'm good at manufacturing, finding factories, sourcing product, but I'm no good at the actual, like, do I know what, you know, how to remove you know, gingivitis from your second molar or your gum like that? No. Um, and so we have to turn to them to work on that. So originally, we were just a toothbrush. Uh, we were a toothbrush on subscription. Every three months, we sent you a new head. And then we brought out whitening strips. Again, under the guidance of hygienists and dentists, they were saying, you know, add coconut, it will reduce sensitivity when you're putting hydrogen peroxide in there. And then we launched a toothpaste. Um, and again, listen to their advice, what formula would you like? And now we've got ourselves into a very good process. So the idea of the company isn't just to be an electric toothbrush company. I'd say what we are isn't a product company, well, we are a product company, but our product is our community. So when we have 25,000 people, they are what the company is. And Brittany and I, we just say we're like Sherpas. We're just here to help you guys have a voice, as it were. And we've now got into this process designed by Brittany Stewart, whereby, <laughs> not by me, I was like, I, got, I want them to try these products. And she was like, okay, let's, let's think about this one cleverly, you know, intelligently. And so for example, you know, we're doing this latest product and it's you know, called a Project X to them. And we have a thousand of them testing the product and it's gonna come out Black Friday. And they gave their advice, we iterated, we iterated, and now we have a product that they will recommend amongst the market leader. And we're doing this with every single product. So our idea is to be, basically own the mouth, unattractive as that sounds, but to be that company where you're like, this is where you go, you go to your hygienist and your dentist and you get your teeth cleaned and they look after you in the op. And then when you're at home, we are your solution for any, for any product, because every product has been designed, made, tested, improved upon by the community that are serving you in the op. And so that I would say was our like our full business model. So if I was looking at the next eighteen months, I think we've got nine or nine products coming out. Um, but again, every single one will be tested by between six, seven hundred. Not tested, like formulated. Formulated. Well, they'll be like, what formulated? Like, and then I'll go away and I'll find a factory with Courtney and me and Courtney will sit down and be like, okay, these are the formulas. This is what we're going to try and make. Perfect. And then they try it and they're like, okay, I don't like the way they'll you've done this. They'll narrow it down and they'll say, okay, tell us, like, give us like a, give us a scope of work. Then they go find the item. And, and find the best places in the world that make it. Then come back and say, okay, we've narrowed it down to five. Let's get a few thousand of you to test this. Which is the best? How should we price it? What should we know? Do you what want to change it? Right? How do you want to change it? And so when we launch something, I, I think the equivalent would be like, imagine if uh, there was like a spot cream and you said it went out to every dermatologist in the world and 99% of them voted that this is the best. You'd be like, okay, this is this must be the best then, because it's not like we waited until it was on the market. No, we made it based on what they told it's us. It's a really interesting. Like our lawyers heard us talking about this the other day, and we were going through Britney's process and you know how we were going to be able to use this data as well. Britney's process. And suddenly they just go, um, they were like, one second, you actually do this, and are the big name competitors out there? You know, there's a lot of made by dentists or designed by you know hygienists, as it were. She was like, no one's ever in what they've heard, actually had a process that's so back and forth between people. We have this just open relationship. I can literally put something up on the Facebook group, like, what do you think of this? Or should we make a deal with this person? I just, I literally had an epiphany while I was sitting here. Like, what? Oh. <laughs> Business idea? Yeah, no. All right. <laughs> a name for this all. Burst Labs. Oh, it's not bad. Actually, I'll take. Mm. Are we going to go through one of these moments, guys, where mm. you're going to have it out? <laughs> Stew on it. I'm gonna stew on it. And maybe a trademark. But the way you were describing it, it sounded like you know, growing up there was like this very famous like pharmaceutical company, Abbott Labs, like near my home. And then I don't know, it sort of made me think of it. And that's like where they incubate like all the drugs. And then we can patent the process as well. 
birth lab. Yeah. I don't think you could patent the process, but Here we go. you could trademark the birth yeah, Sorry, no, you can edit okay, this out. We can later. edit this one out for Sorry. helpful months. No, it had to come out. Yeah. It was in my soul. But yeah, yeah it is. It is this She just sat there. She was like, "What? Where did like this is insane? You're getting a thousand people to test." For example, I was designing a new shape of a toothbrush head mm. um, the other day, and I literally just put into the group, "Okay, I got four or five options. What do you like? And like, how, what's going to get to the back molar better? I don't fucking know, like, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to claim to know, but." Instantly, it was a bit like playing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and you ask the crowd, and as long as the crowd aren't complete ignoramuses that time, you know, you'd know generally what the right answer was. And this happens every time for us, so except yeah. with our lot, they all vote the same way because they're all very they're well educated sure, and sure, they sure, understand sure. that. And so, that I would say, for the next 18 months, instead of a product schedule every two to three months, we launch another one, and that product will have been designed, made, finished, and now recommended by that professional that you trust every day. So, you know, it started as a it was a very good number for us as like a brand credibility job because when you release a product that is a healthcare product, after that whole, uh, I don't know, what was it, 2008, 2009, director consumer companies were coming out with healthcare products and a lot of them didn't really realize that there is a reason you buy Unilever, Procter & Gamble, you've got a head and shoulders if you've got bad dandruff. It's got years of marketing behind it to make you realize that's a professionally made product. But a lot of these people came out with these brands and these vitamins or products that were medical to an extent, and they were saying, you know, buy it, it's on a different subscription, or it's on, you know, we're giving you great prices and a nice bit of packaging. And it, it didn't work for a lot of people, whereas I'd say that what, one of the big benefits that we've had is, that is our credibility. Like these thousands and thousands of, of dental professionals allowed us to kind of jump quite a few years of advertising, so we're not needing to spend as much on advertising to be like, I promise you, we're, we should be trusted. It's like, no, we are trusted, and mm. you're gonna hear about it from your trusted dental professional. So it gave us a big, Skipped us forward a few years, given we're only two. Yeah, I can't believe you're only two. Mm. Sounds like where you are Rocky now. Rocky ride. Rocky ride. Yeah, and now you're in the UK. And like I said, we'll touch on this. You're, that you're over here for... There's a big dental show tomorrow in Birmingham uh, called BDIA. And we are attending that as... Are you excited? Yeah. I'm going back <laughs> For me, this is my first foray into understanding what the UK has to offer. So obviously we're sussing out an expansion here in the UK. Mm. This is the first step to understanding if that's going to be a reality. And it probably is. And for me to learn about a new market is going to be really exciting. I can't imagine it's not fun for you to come back as successful this, as you are. <laughs> this, this is my first ever, this was my first ever dental chair. And I literally walked around. I didn't have quite such an awful ponytail, but I had like this quite um, trendy satchel. <laughs> I used to carry around my like wobbly little toothbrushes, little phalluses, and I didn't. I would just walk around trying to meet people. And now I'm going back with a very, you know, like a big team, a PR team, our design team's coming, and you know we got a, a large booth. It feels good to go back. Must be satisfying, it, right? This one's kind of a satisfying one because I'm going to bump into a lot of people that were like, oh "My God, it's that guy, that slightly oh, loud, Love that. eccentric fellow that really loved kids' toothbrushes at the age of 19." <laughs> Bit weird. I do want to bring up one thing which I I didn't realise. You're a Thorpe, are you Forbes 30 under 30? I was. You yeah. was? was still under 30. You're still under 30. Yes, still under 30. He is. He is. <laughs> he is. Mother's My mother has a plaque on the wall, actually. I didn't know that until I went on your LinkedIn earlier. That's very cool. I, I made him put it on there. Did you? Yeah. My brother does all my writing, so he can get away with all sorts, and he actually he wrote my LinkedIn page. Did he? Because he knew I wasn't. Did you apply for that, or did they come get you? You apply. You do. You go through a process. It's very Perhaps cool. like an eager co-founder was like, "You deserve this. Let's do this." I love that. That's brilliant. It was a, it was a useful one, actually. That one. I'm sure. 
Brittany's won lots of awards as well. She just doesn't like collecting them. What have you, what have you won? <laughs> I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but we literally, we go to these award ceremonies, which our PR company puts us into, and Brittany will come back with all these, like, these very heavy, like... Oh, <laughs> and suddenly there'll be an Uber arrive at my house. She'll be like, "Yeah, someone's outside," and there in the Uber will be like fifteen of these statues. Which I don't want. I mean, they're very like big compliment, but I'm like, I, I feel a bit. This is a bit much for me. Like I'd prefer to. I'll just... send them to your mom next, and I'll see if she can get them like installed but somewhere you know with like I a. I will spot. return fire on that one because I know where they're going to end up. Yours in the trophy room, where my dad likes to lounge and just the bask himself room. in his children's accomplishments. <laughs> like I've done everything right. That is where they're going. So, next 12 months, what are you really, really, really excited about? Can you tell us anything on the agenda that you would like to speak about? I would say it's, it, and I can't be specific about it, but it's the suite of products we're rolling out. This is where, like, where we'll be in, so painting a picture where we'll be in October 2020. We'll be a multinational corporation. We'll have all the products you need for all your oral care. And everyone will be better. Than and everyone will be better than anything leader. on the market at a better price formulated by dental professionals. Boom. And that's where we'll be. And it'll be pretty dope. And maybe... The, the big bit for us is just to see, like, obviously our toothbrush became quite famous in the States. I mean, we were at the point that we, we go, we've just gone on to Amazon in the United States because everyone just kept bidding on Burst or making Burst, spelling it wrong, going onto eBay, selling, like, fakes of our products. And we realized that we should do it. So obviously the toothbrush itself very famous. And it's now, can you continue to do it? And given what we've both seen of now the suite of products and how each one of them mm. crafted in its own way, everything's very unique about it. It will have something different compared to what was out there before. It will be very interesting to see what, if our dream and what we really believe will happen, which is first, you know, there to care for every problem you may have in the mouth, like it looks after the whole thing, whether we can become that company. We obviously think we can, but it's now, you know, as products come out, like, did we hit our targets? Mm. Does everyone yeah. actually love our new product? Like the hygienist, you know? I would love, like, and then I, we always like make little micro goals for ourselves. So like one of my micro goals would be to break my own math where, you know, use predictive modeling to figure out how much inventory you should stock up for. I'm gonna break your a, math, I've decided. A, uh, she knows it. She's not happy about it. I was like, I'm gonna break it up. After the last board meeting, I, mean, I was like, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, beat I'm, every target you just said there. And she was I'm, like, <laughs> I do a lot more the, like that side I of the I want you to do that. So I think my no, you told me not to. You were like, don't do it because I've calculated it this way. No, you have to beat it, meaning like you got to beat the number I have given you. Yeah, but you're, I'm going to beat it, but you just said don't beat it too high because otherwise I run out of inventory. No, that's my goal is actually to okay. sell out right. on opening Everyone day. Everyone heard that? That is challenge accepted. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep for the next year. But it's going to require like an innovative product leader who just makes the best products. I just hope he's equal to the task. <laughs> nibble. Huge nibble. Yeah, he's biting. He's not hungry. He's, he's not hungry. <laughs> he's not hungry today. Okay, last two questions for you both. As both extremely successful entrepreneurs, I'm going to ask you individually. What is one to two books or resources that has helped shape your way of thinking, your values, whatever it may be? Brittany, go first. Because I think Hamish is still thinking. Sure. I'd say in terms of value, like uh, books, The Alchemist, I think is just, a, you know, one of the most like beautiful pieces of spiritual writing, emotional writing, and it's, you know, the, the, the phrase in the book is, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, it's like, when you're on your journey, the universe helps you to conspire to achieve that, that goal. It is, that's kind of the crux theme of it, is that if you're doing the right things, the universe will just keep placing things that seem like, oh, that was random here, but really it's like, the universe is like colluding with you to get your things done. 
And then I would say that maybe not one single book or piece of media, but I think something I've always innately understood is actually how special it is to be a woman and the power of how women connect with one another. So I have four sisters. My mom has four sisters. I went to all girls school. I deeply understand women in a way that I am, that there's, there's just like the tremendous power of the female brain of empathy, of sisterhood, of friendship. And unlocking that has been my, like if I think about the thread of my success in life, this this is the theme, whether it's my first job my older sister helped me to get. At my first job that was like a real adult job, it was like the guidance of a female mentor. Um, there, There is something it's that job. is... You're now the female mentor to 25,000 other females. Yeah, and I'm, I get to kind of pay it forward, but you know, they say that less than 2% of all capital goes to female co-founded businesses, but they perform 63% better than if they didn't have a female co-founder. So I think it's like, it's, a, it's not even like a feminist agenda. It's an arbitrage opportunity. Women are untapped into what they can do. And I've always known that. But that, by the way, has allowed us, uh, we might as well touch on that one. Our whole our team, business, our, uh, it's all women. It's all women. And we our business model like is like men. set up actually to, we bring on a lot of women who've just had kids or one of So for we, me, it's, I, so I guess the wisdom I'm trying to decide on is pay attention to what other people aren't paying attention to, whatever that might be. So for me, it was women. And so as you as an entrepreneur, if you see something that's untapped, like run with it because it's not going to stay untapped forever. So I think that's probably my way too. Interesting. Really interesting. Go on. Mm. <laughs> um, the book for me actually wasn't, I've read a lot of like, a lot of bad, good, ugly business books. The one that really hit home for me, have you ever read um, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl? No. It's quite heavy, but it's really good. It's about a guy that, uh, he was in Auschwitz, but it's not his study on, or not just a reflection on what went on in Auschwitz, but he was, um, he was a therapist before he went in. So the way he writes is actually from the point of view of understanding the people in it, from himself to other guards to other prisoners. And it's basically just like a study on humans. Human nature. Uh, human nature and also human nature going through hardship and extreme circumstances. And for me, who I've tried to do lots of things that sort of push my body, brain, as far as I can. And having that understanding, it's given me that belief you can always achieve it. Like if your mind says to do it, you can always do it. And that goes from like work to business, sorry, business to like physical exercise, doing your F45 class this morning, I wanted to tell you a trick off. And I didn't, I carried on doing it on like a small scale. And I think that to me had a huge impact mm. on my life. Actually, I've probably read the book 15 times. Really? I've given it out to, I've probably bought 50 on Amazon. That's interesting. I'm obsessed with it. That. It's a very short book, mm. um, but it's an interesting one. That's the one that stood out. Yeah. Okay, last question. One piece of God, you've given a lot of advice today, guys. I'm sorry about that. We're sorry. very opinionated. No, I love it. Is that annoying? <laughs> no, I, it's not annoying. I've asked you to give the advice. Fair, 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 fair. <laughs> it's been invited. <laughs> um, maybe, once again, this may be individual. Maybe this will be a team decision answer. If you had one piece of advice for somebody... Actually, do you know what? Not even an entrepreneur. Fuck that. Okay, let's say one piece of advice 
to so basically the crux of this podcast okay you may not know but it's for <laughs> we probably should have covered that we shouldn't <laughs> yeah, no, we'd have answered a little bit more accurately no no no, no. where am i i always i always say i always say at the end i always say at the end so this is basically an avenue for people in the 20s to 30s who may be struggling with a bit of mental mental difficulties maybe they lack a little bit of direction in life maybe they're maybe they're just a little bit lost okay that's the way i like to best describe it because it's easy to do post uni maybe you're going through a couple of jobs that you're not really feeling you you feel like you've got so much more to offer what is one life lesson that you've discovered that you would be able to pass on to somebody potentially in that situation I think it's follow what you really want to do and I've always tried to get people involved in that and again someone be like you wanted to do fucking teeth brushes when you were 19 I didn't I wanted to run a business of some form and I wanted to explore that journey so the product at the time wasn't as important but I think it's if you're not enjoying what you're not what you're doing and you've just kind of ended up there step back and be like what do I actually like what what drives me otherwise you're never going to do it because like Brittany and I love getting up every morning like family has to drag us away from the computer at times or like just because we're loving it, like we're enjoying that experience. So for us, it makes a lot of sense, but it doesn't make sense for everyone. So some people come to me and they're like, you know, interested in starting a business. And I can pretty much tell within 30 seconds, actually, are they that type of person? And that's not a good or a bad thing. It's who you are. And I'd suggest everyone just to step away for a second and be like, is this what I'm, is what I'm doing right now going to make me happy for many years to come? Am I going to continue to be passionate about it? Or am I just desperate to get to Friday afternoon and, and call it one? And if that's the case, just have a think. Like, that is the best thing any investor, anyone has ever given me, is just said, you know, sometimes just step back like, in your role and just think, is this, am I doing the right thing and the thing that I want to do? Otherwise, years will go by and suddenly you're like, I, and you'll start to regret and to hate. And I think if that is start a business, it's start a business and really think about what you want to do, get yourself out and work out how Brittany's process, what process is going to be to get there. Mm. Um, for me, it was my process was just put a step forward and hope that, you know, the ground was still there in front of me. That was always my thing. But yeah, to me, it's, do what you really enjoy doing. And that could be a certain type of product, a certain type of job, a certain type of passion. It could also just be like a style of, of what's gonna make you happier as a person. So that's always been my kind of suggestion to Beautiful. people. Beautiful. I would say my answer would be that it begins with accepting yourself for who you really are. And when I, when I, cross that threshold as a human being and understood who I actually was, I was able to make decisions that matched that. So I think there is this keep up culture, like let's look perfect on Instagram. Everyone's gotta be rich, everyone's gotta be an entrepreneur, everyone's gotta be thin. People are flawed and you excel in some areas and you are not as strong in others and that is reality. And, and, it's not a bad thing. and it's not a bad thing. And so once you accept yourself for who you are, nobody can really hurt you. Anybody who loves you really loves that person. And so you, you basically eschewed all of the baggage that prevents people from following like their best path. And, um, and so whatever it takes to figure out, it's just like, you're going to have imperfections and you're going to, ha- and, and you're going to have things that you're stellar at, but like, that's what makes you a unique and interesting human being. And that is what you should thrive on. Mm. And so, and no one can change that. 
no one no one should try to change it mm. now that doesn't mean stop growing as a person or if you've hurt someone that you shouldn't apologize because that's just who I am like no that's that, that's always misinterpreted what I mean by accept yourself for who you are is find that essential self the things that make you you and, and they cannot only be work things they need to be human things too like personality wise I like to disappear and read a book and I'm good with it like on a Friday night see a Sometimes I don't, I'm not interested in anything social. On the same token, I'm, you know, super crazy foodie. And like, that's a part of my She actually existence. encourages me to go surfing because she knows it makes me a nicer person straight afterwards. But it's, it's just, it's that essential self. And so if you're so, how could you ever be successful if you don't know who you are and mm. what you're actually, what you want, not what you think other people would perceive it's as successful. And... <clears throat> I also think it's like the basis of my self-confidence is that good, bad, ugly, I know who I am. I love that person. And it's allowed me to be very open and empathetic to other people. I'm very, I mean, almost like egomaniac self-confidence. Like, yep, this is like who I am. No plans to change. <laughs> and, and, and But as she says, that important facet of that is that she's willing to then go and not just sit there and just be like... If I hurt your feelings, I'm not going to say sorry. Yeah, that's, like, she's gonna that's not, that. yeah, that's, people always conflate the two things. What I mean to say is that, like, this is an essential part of me. That's like, this is my sense of humor. I would love to spend time in a spreadsheet more than anything else on this earth. That's oh who I am. Oh, my God, you should see her spreadsheets. But, but then Hamish <laughs> would rather be dead than make a spreadsheet. <laughs> I actually tell her, I just can't read Excel. <laughs> he pretends he doesn't know how his computer works off the side of it. But I'm just saying, so I, I guess I'm beating the horse to death. It's... Uh, I think it's the most essential part of it all. Is that you can't even do anything until you decide what you want to do, because who like who are you? One hundred percent, guys. I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this. <laughs> so we've just natted. It's been brilliant. It's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you for having us as well. Appreciate it so much, guys. Um, I really look forward to getting this one out. I think people will get an unbelievable amount of value out of this. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you for your support. Nice. Nice.